0: Well, praise the Lord on this Resurrection Day. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. He is risen. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, so if you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And of all of the miracles of the Bible, we read many of them. There's the parting of the Red Sea, and there's Noah's ark, and there's uh, the raising of a child from the dead by elisha and there's jesus of course and all the miracles that he did healing a blind man or a lame man and uh, but of all the miracles of the bible nothing approaches the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead it is the greatest miracle of all time it is the greatest miracle of all history and that is why We are celebrating this day, and as we go through the message this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'll explain a little bit why this is so important. I've entitled the message, as you see on the top, The Gospel, The Resurrection, and Work. And our first point this morning is this, hold fast to the gospel. That is the encouragement and the exhortation that comes to us from this passage of scripture. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. And and here it is, the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures now as you keep on reading through this passage and if you uh, just take some time to look at what it says paul is making a big deal about the message preached he uses a number of words he uses the word preaching the gospel which is one word and then he uses the word preached which is a different word then he talks about the preaching then he talks about declaring, and then he talks about testifying. These are all different ways in which Paul says, I, I brought this message to you. This is the message that I have preached to you, that I have declared to you. It is the gospel message. Now, as you go through this passage again, not only does Paul talk a lot about his delivering it to them, he also talks about what is important about what he has said. And it really comes down to this. We read it in verse 3, where it says that Christ died for our sins, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. So that's what we see in verse 3. But as he goes on and he continues to talk about it, he really zeroes in on one of these things. He says in verse 12, that Christ rose from the dead, and then in verse 15 again, that God raised up Christ. And so we see the focus in this chapter is the preached message about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And he says that this gospel message is what saves us. This is what saves us. So if we want to know how to be saved, and if we want to know how to be right with God, it really comes down to this that according to the scriptures, Jesus died, that he rose again from the dead. And by this message, we receive salvation. And so when we talk about the gospel, when we talk about what it is that we have to believe, well, it really comes down to this. We have to believe that Jesus died for my sins, and we have to believe that he rose again from the dead. Now, if we do that, it says we'll be saved. If we do that, it says that we will uh, enter into a right relationship with God. We will be saved. So, verse 2 says, again, By which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So you're saved by it, this, but there is this element of holding fast. Now, what are we saved from? What does First Corinthians 15 tell us that we are saved from? As we move to the end of the chapter, verses 54 through 57, we see that Jesus died to save us from death. So in verse 54, he says, So when this corruptible, talking about this flesh, has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's kind of interesting, when God made the world, he didn't make this thing called sin and death. He made this beautiful garden, and he made Adam and Eve, and he put them in there, and he said, you can eat of anything that you want, except there's this one tree in the center of the garden, the, knowledge of the, tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. For in the day that you eat that tree, then uh, you will die. So they had life. God had given them life. They actually had access to this tree of life and they were free to eat from them. But we know how the story goes. Instead of uh, doing what God had said, they disobeyed him and they ate from that tree. He said, don't eat from. And when they did that, death came in to the world. And so we all know what that's about. We've, I'm sure that we've each lost some loved one, somebody that was close to us in our lives. And so you know, this is the experience of mankind. Death came in. But then Jesus came, because it's not God's will for us to die in our sins. Jesus came, he went to the cross, he bore our sins on the cross, he died and paid the penalty for for those sins, and then he did the most remarkable thing. He rose from the dead, and that death that had come in, he gained victory over it. And this is the gospel message. So if we take that message and we hold fast to it, if we take that message and believe in it, then we will be saved. Now that word, hold fast, what does it mean? Uh, because, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people who acknowledge the facts. You know, there's a lot of people out there, well, yeah, I believe in God, and yeah, I know about Jesus, and I know he came and he died on the cross and all of that. And there's a lot of people who know the facts. They know the, the details. But it is different to know or to acknowledge the the facts than it is to take hold of them. He says we need to take hold of the truth. We need to hold fast to it. The word hold fast means to stick to something firmly. It means to take something and make it a conviction of your life. So we might have a number of convictions, and because we have these convictions, we change or rearrange our life in order to reflect the conviction that we now hold in our heart. That's what we're supposed to do with this gospel. We are to make it a conviction of our life. We are to embrace it. As a matter of fact, the primary meaning of this word, hold fast, is to hold down. You know, How many of you, any football fans out there? Alright, so you got anybody? Just two? Two football fans? Alright, three? Well that's good, okay. Wow, I'm in the wrong place here. Only three football fans out there? Alright, anyway, the, the man who gets the ball, you know what he does? He holds that ball. He's not going to let it go. He better not let it go, especially if he's on my team that I'm rooting for. He better hold that ball. That's what it means. Just hold it. Hold it tight. Hold it fast. And then you have all the other people that are trying to tackle him. Well, you know, they lay their hands on him and they grab him and they better not let go too. They're they're trying to get him down. So this is what the word means. It actually means to hold down or to restrain. You could even use it in the context of you know capturing a prisoner. You lay hold of of him and you don't let him go until you take him to wherever he needs to, to go. That's what we're supposed to do do with the gospel. It's like that football. And we run to it and we grab it and we take hold of it and we hold it tight. And we don't let it go. We make a conviction out of it. And so this is the conviction. That we believe that Jesus died for my sins. And that he rose again from the dead. In victory over sin and death. There's another example... Uh, this comes from the Old Testament, and I have uh, the verse here. This is Genesis chapter 32, verse 26, and this kind of illustrates um, what, what's going on here. So you have the angel of the, of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is, is uh, many times a, a, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. So you have this angel of the Lord who appears, and he appears to Jacob. Remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He appears to Jacob, and... Uh, Jacob is in the midst of this struggle in his life, and the angel appears to him, and, and Jacob actually, they begin to wrestle. And so verse 26 says, and he, the angel of the Lord, said, let me go for the day breaks. But he, Jacob, said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now that's That's the conviction. Here it seems a little bit uh, maybe disrespectful that he's not letting go of the Lord. But that's what God invites us to do. He wants us to take the message that he has given to us. He wants us to take hold of it and not let go until we receive the blessing of God. He wants us to embrace him and not let go of him. And so take hold of the gospel, hold fast unto it, believe the truth of it, and make it a conviction of your life. It is at that point that salvation will come to you. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about being saved from death. And believing the gospel is the part of it. Our second point this morning is this. Believe in the reality of the resurrection. Believe in the reality of the resurrection. Now, it might be strange, all of this talk about the gospel uh, makes so many references to the resurrection from the dead. Why is this so important? As a matter of fact, I'm going to throw this out there, you cannot be a Christian unless you believe in the resurrection. If a person does not believe in the resurrection from the dead, That person cannot be a Christian. Why? Man, that sounds kind of extreme. You know, there are a lot of people who criticize resurrection, this idea of resurrection, and how can you blame them, right? I mean, to our human sensibilities, the idea of someone coming back to life from the dead, that just seems impossible. It is too big for us. I mean, nobody has ever come back from the dead except for Jesus Christ. I mean, there are some people who uh, were raised from the dead. For example, Lazarus. You remember Lazarus? So uh, Jesus comes up there, and his friend Lazarus has died. It's been four days. And he walks up to the tomb. He goes inside, and then he he, uh, tells Lazarus to rise up from the dead. And he did. He rose up from the dead, and he was much like he was before he had died. And the thing about Lazarus being brought back to life is that it wasn't much longer, I don't know how much longer, until he died again. The only person that has risen from the dead is Jesus, and he remains alive. So from our sensibilities, from our observation of life, it is impossible that someone come back to life from the dead. How could that do it? We can't do it. How could that be? And here is really the first sign of whether or not we believe in God. No, none of us can come back to life again. With us, it is impossible. But here's the point. With God, it is not impossible, right? God can do anything. So the real question is this, not whether or not you believe in a resurrection. The real question is, do you believe in God or not? Because if you believe in God... Bringing somebody back to life is a no-brainer. It's nothing. All he has to do is you know, speak the word or snap his finger or whatever, and the person will come back to life. As a matter of fact, something like that is going to uh, happen in the future. So the real issue is do you believe in God or not? God can do it. No problem. We cannot. That is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I wish we could see some of these resurrections now. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if like, let's say 10 minutes after a Christian died, they got resurrected? Wouldn't that be cool? They came back to life in the resurrected body in 10 minutes? Man, that would change funeral services really big time, right? Go get the popcorn. Go get the popcorn. Hey, we've got 10 minutes. Wait for it. And then, bam, you know, they come back to life. Hey there, everybody. All right, goodbye. got to go. And they fly off to heaven. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That, that, would just be, uh, that would just be fantastic. Well, actually, as I think about it, what if they didn't come back to life after 10 minutes? Oh, man, that would be a real downer. What happened to them? What was wrong with them? And then everybody start bawling. Did they didn't. All All right, maybe that's not such a good idea. Anyway, we don't see it now. But, but the, the point is this. When we talk about Jesus, if there is no resurrection and if he did not come to life, then all of this that we're doing is just, it's just futile. It just doesn't matter. He says this in verse 17, verses 17 through 19, it says this. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, You are still in your sins. If Jesus did not rise again from the dead, we don't have the forgiveness of sins. So, you are still in your sins. Then, also, those who have fallen asleep, who have died, in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. In another place in this passage, he says, If Jesus did not rise again from the dead, this is what he says, Let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. In other words, we just better make the most of this life because we're going to die and that's going to be it. We're going to die in our sins. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, our faith is vanity. It is futile, it is meaningless if Jesus did not rise from the dead. All of this that we're doing, if Jesus did not rise from the dead is nothing more than a man-made religious institution. And it is a philosophy that we make up on our own just to give us a little bit of, of uh, help to cope with life. That's all this is. Nothing more. If Jesus did not rise from the dead. And that's why I say, if you, um, if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you cannot be a Christian because you're just left with nothing. Nothing. Just your own ideas about whatever. But we are told how the resurrection will take place. It won't take place ten minutes after a person dies. What he has planned to do is this. There is going to be a loud trumpet. The Lord will appear. And everyone he will raise at the same time. Those who died first and then those who are alive. All will be raised at the same time. That's how he... Uh, plans to do it. And hey, I wish, uh, you know, it'd be cool to be there at that day. Hey, wait a minute. We are going to be there at that day. Right? If you believe, you're going to be there. We're going to see it. We're going to partake in it. We're going to come back to life in this resurrection from the dead. So believe in the reality of the resurrection. We are talking about faith in a personal Savior who is living today. That is what Christianity is about that brings us to our third point this morning abound in the work of the lord now how how does it happen now what is what is death all about now well when a believer dies now this is what happens a believer dies and we bury their body in the ground and their soul goes up into the presence of the lord So we have this verse in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. And it's a part of the unfolding of the seals there. And he says, in verse 9, he says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. This is one of those verses that talk about the souls of believers being in heaven. And so what happens is when a believer dies, the body goes into the ground and the soul goes immediately into the presence of the Lord. Now, back in the early days of the church, we were, we've been studying 1 Thessalonians in our uh, Sunday morning Bible study. And in 1 Thessalonians, uh, the Thessalonian believers there, they were looking for the return of Jesus. You know, they were waiting for him to come back. And uh, he wasn't coming back right away. And in the meantime, some of their, some of the believers were dying and so they were getting concerned. Well, What's happening here? He's not coming back and some of us are dying. What's going to happen to them? And so uh, Paul in First Thessalonians encourages them and he tells them there's going to be a trumpet sound and he's going to appear and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those of us who are alive will, will meet them in the air. That's the death of a believer. Our body goes to the ground. Our soul goes to be in the presence of God. However, the resurrection of Jesus is not like that. It was not like that. He didn't die and his body went to the ground and then his soul went up and that's the resurrection from the dead. No. He died and after three days, his body came up out of the grave. His, his glorified body came up out of the grave and today he is alive really, physically, spiritually, bodily at the right Hand of God on the throne in heaven. That's the resurrection of Jesus. He is the only one so far, but his resurrection is going to be what our resurrection is like. And so we can read in first in this first Corinthians chapter 15 passage this is what our resurrection will be like. This corrupt body will put up put on incorruption. This dishonorable body will put on glory. This weak body will put on power. This natural body will become spiritual. This heavenly body, we will have a heavenly body rather than an earthly body. And I came across this fascinating verse, verse 49. You know, when we talk about God created man we say that he was made that man was made in the image of God, right? Well, come to find out there are two images of God. There is an earthly image of God, and there is a heavenly image of God. And in verse 49 it says, As we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's what we've got now, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So what a glorious thing to look forward to. And then finally. Our resurrection will be the death of death. Death will be swallowed up in victory. So verse 57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now all of this then is summed up in verse 58 as to how we are to live or to receive the encouragement. What does this mean for us? In other words, verse 58, Therefore... My beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, that is maybe kind of an unusual exhortation. We are going to rise again from the dead. Therefore, what? Be steadfast and immovable. Now, why would he say that? Well, I think he says that because as we go through this life, there are many difficulties and many challenges that we have to face. Uh, We we might, uh, I was just talking to someone before the service started, and they lost two family members to COVID. They passed away. And maybe there are others of you who lost family members to COVID, or maybe you just lost family members to other things. We were talking about some of uh, you who are widows in our church yesterday, we were talking about about it, and I was kind of surprised how many we have in our church who have lost loved ones in not so many days gone by. Not only that, some of us are going through our own personal health issues, right? And so we are we are faced with our mortality when some big sickness comes upon you. Several of you have had cancer, and. Um, have, are dealing with cancer and all of that you know and you're faced with your mortality you're faced with the weakness of your body and when we are faced with the prospect that we might die, that can shake us. What am I going to do? What hope do I have what's the use? Why should I bother? Why should I try and if if we just have the mindset well This is it. My life is coming to an end. There's nothing left for me to do. We might give up. And, uh, you know, maybe we come to a point in our life where we can't do much. But here's the encouragement, my beloved brethren. Be steadfast and immovable. Don't give in to the despair and the discouragement that the prospect of death brings. Why? Why? Because in Jesus Christ, we have victory over death. We can look past this sickness to the day in which we will rise again from the dead. And when we rise again in that body, we will never die again. We will live, live forever. And that is the hope of John 3.16. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, right? So we believe in him. We will not perish, we will have eternal life. That is our hope. That is the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. So, be steadfast, be immovable, keep trusting in the Lord, and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now, whether a person believes or not, God has created each one, and he has created each one to serve him, to be his servant. He has made the possibility for every person that has ever lived to come to a knowledge, a saving knowledge of him, and to fulfill the purpose for which he was made. I firmly believe that. And so if we turn to him, and we trust in him, and we trust in this gospel message that he died for our sins, and that he rose again from the dead, then we have the encouragement here to be steadfast, to be immovable, and to always abound in the work of the Lord. And so that is the final exhortation. All of this, all of this talk about the resurrection from the dead gives us hope and encourages us to abound. That that means have a lot of it abound always in the work of the Lord. So I can't tell you what you're supposed to do, what God wants you to do. I can't tell you that. That is something that you have to get before him and discover for yourself. The only thing that I can do is encourage you that when you do that, he will have something for you to do. And he will have so much that you will be able to abound in his work while you have life here on this earth. And praise the Lord, your labor, our labor will not be in vain. And praise the Lord, we look forward to the day in which we will rise again and be with him forever. That is the message of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We're going to sing our final song. Ben, come on up here, and if uh, if you're here, maybe you do not know Jesus. You've never trusted in him. You've never believed in the gospel or held fast to the gospel, and you want to do that now. You can come on up while we sing, and I'd be glad to pray with you. Just say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus. I want to believe in Jesus. That's all you have to tell me. You don't have to tell me anything else about your life. If you say that, then uh, I'll just pray a prayer for you. Maybe you're here and you have some other prayer need. This is the time while we sing this last song. To uh, I'd be glad to pray with you about anything. So let's stand as we sing our final song this morning.